It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Marno. On this week's episode, Jay and Chris are joined by their special guests, co-hosts from the Morning Magic Radio Show on Magic 106.7 FM in Boston, Kendra. Jay, Chris, and Kendra review the 1988 American fantasy comedy film, Big. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your film crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend. Hey, it's uh, Chris Martino here. What's happening? Hey. And uh, we have a special guest today. It's Kendra from Magic 106.7 in the morning. How you doing? Good morning. Yes, I'm here. I'm happy and I'm ready to talk some movies. This is my favorite. Like if there could be a Super Bowl for any kind of discussion or topic, this would be this would be like my Super Bowl right here. Really? Awesome. <laughs> yes. Really? Okay. I can't tell you the wow. state capitals, but this would be my special power. All right. <laughs> um so I'm gonna uh, we'll go into it here and just ask. So Jay reached out to you and you were like you gave it about three seconds of thought and said big. Yes, okay. one of my favorites, absolutely. Okay, all right. And so in your this is in your Mount Rushmore. It is. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm gonna start with kind of like a a, a regular question I typically start with. So usually we you know we get the film and then we rewatch it you know but before that we kind of asked except for maybe you watch it all the time i don't know uh mm. you said it's in your mount rushmore but so besides rewatching it recently when was the last time you saw this movie uh, i would say probably probably about a month ago probably really? about a month okay, ago so yes. it's in it's in high rotation for you high shall rotation we say. yes it's yes. in high. okay all right do you have any movie posters of big anywhere in the house um i do not have any movie posters uh probably okay. because well I was I was a little young when it first came out, but I'm sort of a, okay. a re rewatcher. Um, okay. My husband is already. I mean, he's trying to get me to get rid of my uh, Michael Jackson doll that I got when I was I don't know three years old. My parents got <laughs> for me as a birthday gift, and he's trying to get me to get rid of that. So <laughs> okay. if I had a poster, he probably wouldn't let me put it up because he thinks oh, I hold no, on to got... too many things. You know what? <laughs> no, I disagree. I think that if you had like a nice framed deal. You know, like an original like, collector's piece. I mean, I've got Raiders of the Lost Ark poster of an original Return of the Jedi. So I think you should get one. I, I think you should definitely like lay that down to your husband and say next birthday or it's like, I want a framed. I like it that much. Maybe. Well, you know what? I've got a big birthday coming up. I'm turning right. 40 in a couple days. So maybe, just maybe. Okay. All right. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> till then. All right. Well, I'm just saying. All yeah. right. So, uh, so Jason, uh, how about you, man? When was the last time you, uh, except for previous viewing? Um, 90s? Somewhere in the 90s? The 90s. All right. Maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. But you know what? I got to ask, uh, Kendra, Is it, and I, I swear I'm not being funny when I ask, is it a black michael jackson doll or a white michael jackson doll <laughs> i'm not kidding oh, wow. because my daughter has two i, I like I, I swear i'm not being funny she has two versions of a michael jackson doll and one is his his white version <laughs> like it's it's the with the long hair and and, and oh. like you know like you know from the dangerous uh yes. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no oh, this God. is the original this is like the original the start i think the i think it was actually from 1983 the okay. doll. The yeah. actual, it's like a it's like the Barbie doll version and it came with a microphone with the sparkly silver top with so mm-hmm. it's from the thriller thriller okay. album. Yeah, she's got the, got the wow. thriller sticker. Yeah. She, my daughter's got the uh, that one in the uh, the one uh, from Thriller with the red leather jacket. So it's just it was like really funny. It's like wow. wow. That's interesting. 
Um, when was the last time? I, yeah, it was, I saw it like the movie I saw about like I think it was in the nineties. Um, it just been, it's one of those things that you forget to revisit sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, coming in. So uh, I'm gonna say uh, last time I saw this, I was uh, I saw this in the theater. In uh, they have this at '88. I thought it was before that, uh, but I saw this in the theater once, and I probably saw it on a video cassette probably once, um, and that was about it. I've uh, I've probably That's seen a it? sum total maybe three times. Yes, it's very good, Kendall. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not ignoring it. I just did not. I have not seen it a lot. Wow, maybe I, I, I'm. I maybe I have an issue with being a repeat watcher. That is also a. a flaw that I have. I watch the same movies over and over again. Like if I like it, I can't just watch it once. I'll watch it when it's on TV sure. or I'll record it if it's on. So maybe that's why I've seen it so many times. No, it's, it's it, it, whatever, whatever. So wait, let me ask you this. Is it on while you're folding laundry? Um, Sometimes, but I'd say it's a good okay. 50-50 shot of me going to find it and then just stumbling upon it, like that it's on TV while I'm doing something else. It's a good 50-50 yeah. there. So, Not, yeah. And that's fine. I, I do the same I do the same thing. It's just you – it's background. It's something you enjoy. It's a comfort moment and you put it yes. in the background and that is what it is. So, um, excellent. So, what I'm going to do here uh, – Jay, do we have the do we have the one-sentence breakdown? I do. Okay. So at this juncture, what we're going to try to do here is that IMDb and their magical wisdom tries to encapsulate movies as uh, their plot in one sentence, oh. which sometimes is easy and sometimes is difficult. So okay. um, we actually have uh, a pre-recorded message of the of the IMDb one sentence breakdown. Jason, if you would. All right. It's time now for the one sentence synopsis from the IMDb. After wishing to be made big, a teenage boy wakes the next morning to find himself mysteriously in the body of an adult. The film crickets are on now. I hope you will be lucky and I hope you enjoy the show. I, I would dare say that that is the plot of the yeah. movie, mm-hmm. uh, Kendra. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's pretty much, I mean, that's exactly, that would sound right on point to me. I mean, I... I I would add to that hilarity ensues. Yes, I would. I would. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, would maybe add in a, yeah, a couple more adjectives describing about what, you know, adults normally go, maybe like one or two other words about, you know, mm-hmm. what he, what he encounters in the adult, crazy adult work life business. Right. But that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, huh. that's, okay. I think I'd go with that. I'd go with that description. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it doesn't need much more than that. So, so I'm gonna say. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, we have. Uh, it's directed by Penny Marshall. I don't. I think it's one of her mm-hmm. first go arounds. Uh, or as um, my my impression of Penny Marshall is. <laughs> um, she's, she's a classic mumbler. She is <laughs> genius. I'm not. She's just. But she doesn't <laughs> open her mouth. I mean, she was even in a scene in the no, League of Their Own where she played the wife of her brother, right? And yep. she's like, her mouth doesn't open. It mm-hmm. doesn't open more than like a little inch. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> and we forget she she's also in uh she's in Hocus Pocus, right? Oh, her and her father brother. in that's Hocus what Pocus. I'm of. That's brother, what it is. Brother. playing devil. husband and wife, that's which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, as long as they don't kiss, that's I'm right. good. All right? Not a league of their own. Yeah, it was fine. Hocus Pocus, and he's the devil, and they think he's the real devil. That's it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Master. And it's so weird that he is so garrulous because yeah. he talks like this. What do you mean? I can't believe yeah. what you're saying. And she, she is a mumbler. Oh my gosh, that's right. 
All right, so so we got uh, we got Penny Marshall written by Gary Ross Aaron, and Spielberg, starring the incomparable Tom Hanks, every, mm-hmm. uh, America's dad, Elizabeth Perkins as Susan, uh, the inimitable mm. Robert Loggia, and playing basically Robert Loggia is I can't yeah. believe what are you saying to me here? Right. Like that's him all the time. John Hurd, who's in everything and is awesome in most things, and John Lovitz is also in this film, and many others. So that's the general idea. We're, we're following John Baskins and um, in the in his trials and tribulations of of wanting to be big. What's his... Uh, so so I'll ask I'll ask you, Kendra, as you are Boy, the uh, See, now I open my big mouth. See, look big. what I did. Uh, now I'm going to be like, oh, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So what's his... It, we're watching the movie. It's... The movie is pretty much straightforward, and the plot is is developed in one sentence. We have a child, and most child, most children at some point in their lives say, mm-hmm. "I can't do anything as a kid. I can't wait to be an adult because right. I can do all this stuff." And that's basically, and and it's it's something everybody's gone through. Do you think in the the beginning of the movie he's had enough trauma? To say no. I want to be big, I don't know. Like, what do you? Th- is he have a horrible no, life? No, Mercedes rules his mother. He lives in like a kind of a brownstone, right? Neighbor yeah. suburb, I think, of the city, and yep. he's got a mm-hmm. baby sister. I mean, it's a busy life. He's probably yep. not. They're not paying attention to him because he's got. There's a baby in the house, and we all know how that goes. But no, he's like an right. upper middle class kid, and he's got a good best friend, and he goes to a good school. So no, mm-hmm. it, it kind of bugged me. I was like, look at this kid, like. I'd love to have like I always look around the room of movies like that and I look to see what kind of toys they had mm-hmm. and what kind of things and I'm like, dude, I didn't have like he had a bunk bed. Mm-hmm. You know how much I had to beg for my parents to give me a bunk bed? They were yeah. like, You're not having a bunk bed. You can have like a wooden frame and put a mattress on it. it, it, it you know? Yeah. He had a bunk right. he had a bunk bed and didn't have a brother. I mean he shared but, the room with his infant sister, right. but he didn't have a brother, Exactly, I guess. but I mean, bunk beds Why? are expensive and you have <laughs> yeah. a friend sleep over. It's mm-hmm. like the perfect room. So no, I don't think, I think he had it, he had it perfectly mm-hmm. made. He had nothing to complain about to be wishing, you know, to be big. It, right. I, I think he, uh, to me, it, the impetus was like, he saw the girl that he liked and she liked an older right. guy, but she's right. like 16, right. 15, he's 13. Like, that's insane. She well, was of older? Of course not. Was she, yeah. was she older? She, yeah, yeah. I think she was older. Yeah. And, and and by the way, in the 80s, I don't know about today, girls always mm-hmm. went for the yeah. older guys. Like, it, right. it was it, mm-hmm. it was yeah. insufferable. In, when you're 15 mm-hmm. years old or 14, dating somebody your own age never. was yeah. impossible. It never happened. Mm-hmm. It, it was so, right. how am I going to compete with that guy? This guy got a license. Yeah. It was like, there's no right. way on earth. So that was, that was some really tough time. So it's easy to relate to what he was going through at least in that moment but by the way here's here's real one thing i gotta say i'm turning 50 this summer so wait robert loggia was 57 when he made this movie he was he was that's That's right i'm telling you right now he looked like that in this movie he looks a lot older than me yes no he's one of those guys that i didn't realize his age and how young he was. I always looked at him so much older. Like Abe Vigoda to me has been, you know, 95 years old for like a yeah. hundred years. Like Abe Vigoda. Yes. Yeah. And Robert Loja always reminded me, like I always imagined he was in his seventies, seventies doing that movie. And, and he wasn't. Well, well it's, it's also the, uh, the, the Quaker Oats guy. Who's the Quaker Oats guy? Oh, um, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah. He, the Brimley, the Brimley line. 
It's the Brimley line because Brimley did Brimley did Cocoon. He was fifty something. He was yes. fifty when he did Cocoon, and they wanted him to pass for eighty thousand years old. Yes. Um, so they actually call that the Brimley line. So oh, if you have Jason hilarious. has crossed the Brimley line oh, nice. at this point. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, hey, I, he's rich and famous. Uh, yeah, well, he was in the thing. Guess who's not? That, <laughs> that is the greatest line I've ever heard. I'm going to use that. That is fantastic. Uh, I love it. So I offer the kind of, I'm not a child psychologist, but his embarrassment at the carnival, mm-hmm. his parents are chronically unhip. They treat him like he's about six years old, but yeah. they're really not. They're just being parents, but it's through the eyes of a kid. And then the, the further embarrassment of, you got to be this tall to ride this uh, ride, son. It's got the chicken cut out yeah i mean that is basically meant for infants right i mean it's got the same cartoon language it's not just an arrow right it's a freaking chicken yes. that says you can't you have to be told this so that's the final kind of insult and to a kid when when a parent or an older person says hey look man you know it's 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 not the end of the world or mm-hmm. or uh, it's not the worst thing at that moment it is that is the worst thing that has happened yes. to him and the, he has no foresight to think things are going to get far, 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 a zillion times worse than because you're you're just being treated like a child. At that moment, you have to give the kids a little bit of respect of their perspective, and that is the worst mm-hmm. thing in front of the girls. So too, that's right? how it was in front of in yeah, front of everybody yeah, waiting in line. Like, oh, poor thing, and it's right. it's horrifying. So, so I, I think while I don't think it's. Entirely justified. When I first saw it as a kid, I kind of understood at the time. As an older person now, and you know, also a, a dad, and seeing seeing some seeing some mm-hmm. shit, um, you understand that it's like whatever. But back then, I can all like, oh yeah, I do the same thing. That was that's yeah. ridiculous. So, all right. So so he goes to the Zoltan machine. He gets his wish. That's the whole. That's the MacGuffin of the whole movie, mm-hmm. right? There's a magical machine. Next morning, he wakes up, and and I'm a little. We get to see Tom Hanks. <laughs> Um, I've seen a little more of Tom Hanks well, than I want to see. Do. Yeah, they stuffed that man into small underwear. That's all I really yeah. want to say. It's, and this isn't the first <laughs> time they've done it. Like, man, what what's yeah. the deal with that? I mean, there's ways. To, <laughs> I don't know. Can he be wearing like a, a box? Did they have boxers? I mean, I'm sure they had boxers then. I yeah. mean, wouldn't I think? You know, it's uh, funny yeah. that like it would be a lot easier to like have him grow into boxers but he, but, right yeah. but but the thing is like a lot of people would be like what 13 year olds going to bed in boxers you know right. what i mean like they might be yeah. arguing that point later right. so like there's like yeah. it, it's like almost like you damned if you do damned if you right. don't I'm, I'm more of the yelk that he, he did the he did the incredible hulk <laughs> like he busts out of everything <laughs> but his pants in the bathroom. right right you know what i mean I- but it is funny, the poor guy, I mean, two more, I, well, I know at least two movies, but the poor guy, it's tidy whities I mean, I, I, but I love Tom Hanks, so, you know, it's, I don't know that anyone else, I don't know that anyone else could really do that. Do you think anyone else could have really pulled it off in a way that didn't make you go, ooh, like, ew? I don't know. I, I think you're bringing up a point that as we go through the movie, it's not necessarily scene by scene, but it's kind of like idea by idea. And you hit on something that he is probably at that time the best physical mm. comic around. Like he can use his body in ways that up to that point had not been truly right exploited. Not I don't mean exploited yeah. in a bad way, but no one used that that tool in his mm-hmm. in his toolbox as much as he does here. And it is a <laughs> stunning uh, and a stunning 
physical performance as how you get yeah. a grown man to act like physically act like in right. uh, like a 12 year old uh, 13 year old in, in this movie so I, I think that's a mm. credit to him because yes they did stuff him in the little underwear but then while he's trying to get through the house right. and dodge his mother and putting on his dad's clothes <laughs> and picking up his sister yes. out of the out of the crib and whatnot it does look like a a, a giant 12 year old i mean a third i keep saying 12 a giant 13 right. year old and i don't know who else can do that at no that i agree no do, do you I, I don't yeah the um how weird is it the fact that i they only used the dad a couple of moments to show that like oh he's got a dad so therefore it makes sense why he grabbed his clothes other than that, he's not mm-hmm. a part of the film. Uh, you know, it's so funny. As you, as you were saying <laughs> that, I'm thinking, not. what did his dad look like? I mean, I know his mom was Mercedes Rule, but I, I mm-hmm. couldn't place the dad. I'd have to rewatch it and really look. I don't think I could place mm-hmm. him. Only only did you see yeah. him at the carnival. That's a great point. That's kind of 80s yeah. dad trope, though, right? He's never right. really around when mom makes all the decisions. I know, but when your son is supposedly <laughs> kidnapped... You know, like you'd think right. he'd be and in when more he calls scenes later and, and he calls the house. Yeah. The mom answers. I don't see the dad like rushing down to hear his voice on the phone. I mean, maybe maybe he was sleeping. Maybe maybe he had to, yeah, he had to go to work. He's got to go to work. <laughs> he was probably at work. I'm at work. I can't do this. <laughs> That's funny. But I do agree. I think I think about how silly Tom Hanks was in that character. And that is what makes you love him. That's what makes me want to watch his movies that he. He's so good at that. And you do, I forget, he's like 30, 30 years old or almost 30 years old making that movie. So that's wild to me. Some behind the scenes trivia, though. They had the boy who played him, the, the younger Josh. Yeah. They had him oh, do no, his physical stunts as a 13 year old. So when he's bouncing around in the yeah. store playing the, uh, you know, the, the laser tag, yeah. Laser tag, laser tag. and, 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 and bou- doing all the stuff. He was doing it as as a kid, so then Tom Hanks would mimic some of those physical attributes that a child would do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They made the kid dye his hair dark and put in like green contacts so they could match each other. Oh, and what's right. here's the, here's a weird trivia: the redhead, his friend, mm-hmm. dyed his hair red. He's naturally blonde. Why? What does it matter? Mm-hmm. Can his friend be blonde? <laughs> like, oh. does he have to be a redhead? Well, they just. And it's interesting. And the friend, the actor, the best friend, I think, I remember him having, you said he has blonde hair in real life, right? He was the boy in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He was the neighbor, right? Yeah. Wasn't he the neighbor, one of the, the two brothers? And he's got I think like, so, yeah. almost white blonde hair, super blonde, now that you say that. I never think I picked that up. I just think it's an Maybe odd choice, just, like why have him do it at all? I would say that they're trying, they're making him redheaded to, to show that he's soulless. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm going to have to tell my colleagues to tap and she's as red as they come. That is fantastic. It's the freckles. The freckles show that you've been possessed by Satan. So the, um, um, it's up there with the, it's up there with the sixes on the scalp. Oh, the omen. So Sue's not coming back on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in terms of physical, and, and before I get off the physical comedy bit, uh, to me, the gold standard of him acting as a kid physically with his body is the, is the scene of takeaway 
at the racquetball mm-hmm. court when he calls his the the other guy. This is when he's older, obviously. But when he calls his uh, his 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 friend and a friend right. competitor in the toy company yeah. a cheater, and he's holding the ball away, and he's on the ground, and and he's basically kind of slapping him around, but he's got uh uh-uh, and that is I don't know how he's doing that yeah. with his hands and his back and his legs and the dexterity to kind of play keep away from an older man. It was spot fantastic. on. Yes. Absolutely. It was, it's spotted because I can't, I'm sure I've done We've that. all done that. Or at least been on the yes. recipients. I, or at least more for me in, in my, my past, more along the lines of the one going for something that's being mm-hmm. kept away from me. I'm not more of the keep aware. I'm more of the yes. chase afterer. <laughs> um, so, um, cause I'm a nerd, but the, uh, I imagine that's probably, uh, the case. So anyhow. So let's get at it. He gets his friend. He's first of all, you have a grown man. We're starting to panic now because Tom Hanks is now suddenly mm. old or Josh. I always say that actor said the name. He's suddenly old and he has to, his mom. He goes and says, Mom, it's me. She freaks out, mm. obviously, thinks it's a, some stranger. So he runs out of the house. Um, he goes to find his only other person he knows, which is his friend, his soulless <laughs> redheaded friend. And <laughs> sorry. And I just got to say, I just got to say, he finds him at school. I don't know how often <laughs> school should let in a stranger with no ID wearing clothes that barely fit um, and children's underwear in a elementary yeah. school to go find some child who he then corners in a closet. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there that maybe I know the 80s were a different time, but maybe... Uh, Kendra, am I, should I not be suspending my window no, of disbelief uh, a little bit? Or am I going a little... It's actually that scene, and I think he's in gym class, right? And he pulls him into like the janitor's closet or something with yeah. all the dodgeballs or something in there. I, every time yeah, I've yeah. ever watched it, I've, I've said to my husband, I'm like, can we just talk about the fact that he just walked into the school? Nobody stopped him. Yeah. How did he get in? Nobody saw him and nobody's nope. wondering where... The the friend yep. is and where where is he? He's just in a closet with some strange guy. Mm-hmm. No, it's very it's very odd. I mean, I know the eighties were loose and you know we didn't really have a lot of rules yep. and we just kind of went and there were no locks, right. no cameras, no evidence of anything going on. But right. I mean, and also I wondered mm-hmm. like mm. aren't none of the no one in the schools looking for Josh? Like, they haven't wondered where he is or are they? Was this only the next day? Yeah. Maybe they're not concerned. No. Like no yeah. no mention. Maybe. Actually, it was the same day. Uh, yeah. It was the same, oh, day. same day. And his mom, um, it was right after the mother, I think. So right? maybe too soon. It wasn't after maybe the mom. Maybe too soon, yeah. I yep. mean, yeah, too no, soon, it's weird. Soon. Hey, look, I'm the hitter poke logic holes in a movie that's, <laughs> whose bedrock is fantasy. But also, we got to talk about a, I imagine, very successful toy company in Manhattan hiring somebody with the wrong social security number. I'm just I'm just saying, or, or, or signing a I- lease. To an apartment okay. with someone who doesn't exist. I'm just, you can't pay anybody without a driver's license, an I-9. And I know that's me being an adult dingbat. I understand that. And as a kid, you don't, you think it's the funniest thing ever. And again, I don't, it, it, that's not make or break for me. But like, it, wow. Okay. No, and I, <laughs> like, I always, I say to my parents, like, wow, how come yeah. you guys didn't do that? You could just go in. You didn't have... Like all, you have to show things. You have to do it. And my parents would be like, "It's a movie. It's not. You know, no, we couldn't." I'm like, "But why didn't you try?" Tom, you know, Tom Hanks tried. He got in there, and I wanted that Mm -hmm. apartment. I wanted the vending machine. I wanted everything in that play. That was my favorite. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. scenes 
going in and seeing that huge apartment. I'm like, that's, that's like my dream. That's my dream. I've never had, never had good credit and I've never mm. been able to have an apartment or anything like that. I'm like, woo, that's living the dream right there. Right. And we're all, we're all souped when we get paid $186 oh. for but 40, 40 hours of work. But how, how, mm-hmm. Am I to assume mm-hmm. 40 hours of work? But, but, but how great Jesus. is the denominations of when, when they request the money? A hundred dollar bill, eighty-seven ones, and three dimes. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty great. Oh yeah, that's, at the bank. That's pretty funny. Yep. You know, that's such a one, child. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> she, you can see how annoyed she is. So now, at this point, like the thesis of the story is a lot of him. Basically, it's it's the ultimate fish out of water. Like he's being asked to do adult things, and he's discovering what it's like to be an adult through the eyes of a child. And and right. in order, you either adapt or you die. So he's more adapting to being an adult. But at first, it's his first night in the apartment. That mm. is a massively shot scene. So when he's alone mm. for the first Aww. time in a scummy New York apartment, and his friend drops him off, he's like, "I can't stay here. Like my ex- parents expect me." <laughs> but home. he has to go By home way, alone. A child, oh, right? Exactly. He has like, to go home alone in, this, in the like, middle of the where night. Where are his parents? Like, where's everybody's parents? What happened in the eighties? Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, right. that's it is stretching it because we're taking a train into Manhattan. Yeah, he still okay. has to walk through the thirteen-year-old, walk out the exit, then go past right. all the you know riffraff. Yeah, but they have that moment where he's. He's in the mm. he's in his room and he hears all the noises. He goes to lock the door. Doesn't lock, doesn't use the chain even though that was advised. And he see here's the person outside screaming on a payphone in Spanish. And not that Spanish is frightening, but if you're from white mm-hmm. suburbia and you've never heard a heated conversation right. in another language, that has to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Not a racist thing, but it's like that has to be terrifying. So he then moves away from the door and he's in the the chair. And then he hears the gunshots outside, closes the door, closes the window. And in that scene, you notice him. He's trying to move away from what he danger. Right. He's at the door. He moves away from the door. He hears the gunshots. He moves away from the window. He gets on the bed and then he like wraps himself in a blanket. Then he hears something else. He goes into a a fetal position. Mm -hmm. Then the fetal position, he puts a pillow on himself. And what Penny Marshall does the entire time is she makes us watch him mm-hmm. like the, right. the, the, it's such a long shot of him sitting in the chair right while he's deciding like you see him getting more and more upset before he starts to cry and she and she just lets it go and lets him react and that is a brilliant mm-hmm. piece of directing absolutely because she just lets it happen right she doesn't force it like, oh, like give us a lot of stimulus. Like he's sad, he's sad, he's sad. And doesn't have to do something dangerous over and over and over. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's to me, that's the uniqueness of, I would say, movies that were made in that time in the 80s and 90s. It was just to me, mm-hmm. I mean, even though the plots may be silly and they may seem like fantasy, to me, they were so much more realistic because every scene was longer. The detail for paying attention you believed and you were paying attention. You were looking at the character. You were looking at everything about their face and their body. Like you were you were actually analyzing them. You had time to look at them. It wasn't a fast mm-hmm. plot, which is why new stuff that's made today isn't isn't lasting as long as the stuff that we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's why there's a reason why these movies have made it and are still relative and still relatable to talk about, I think, because of scenes like that. Sure. Because they're not done that way anymore. Mm-hmm. People would look at that as extra now and think, we don't we don't need to see all that. Let's just get to the point. Let's just get 
move on, move on. And that's, that's yeah. brilliant. It's a, it's brilliant. That scene. Let's see him more uh, doing more silly crap about him. Let's do a longer scene in uh, <laughs> when he's in the, uh, the jaded tuxedo <laughs> eating little bits of corn and like, and all right. So, so he's going through his life. And he's, for some magical reason, because he meets the owner of the toy factory in an FAO mm-hmm. Schwartz. And by the way, if, if you, <laughs> if getting back to this again, if, if security saw a grown man and a child playing laser tag in public, wouldn't someone be going out in handcuffs? I'm just throwing it out there. More so today than then, then I would say. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was well, it was like it was weird times and like it was it, you didn't even have to wear a seatbelt. Right. Right? No, there are yeah, so true. many rules that we have today that we got so used to it. Mhm. Mhm. So he he meets he, he gets a job with a corner office <laughs> because, because because he play, well, was it I think we all want well, that. Well, he first gets his attention right with the piano, Robert Loja which is iconic. It's and it is Yeah. Amazing, and, and let me tell you, every time I went into a toy store after watching that movie, like that's what I was expecting. You know, I'd go into like the right. the really small, not as fancy, you know, Toys R Us in like mm-hmm. Salem, New Hampshire, and I'd be like, "Where's the big like? Where's the big piano? Don't doesn't everybody just yeah. run and gather and play with everything?" And my parents were like, "Stay right and by th- my side. Don't touch anything. Don't grab anything. <laughs> we're yeah, going yeah. in the same way we came out." And I don't think a lot of people applaud after you do play no. with toys. I'm just they're whispering there, and um, getting security, you know. Yeah, so so he gets a corner office, and um, uh, basically on no credentials and almost no skill, but he knows mm-hmm. toys, and so from that he's able. And I, that's fine. It's a fantasy movie. I'm not poking holes in the logic, but the he then meets uh, what's the woman's Elizabeth name? Elizabeth Perkins. Yes, Liz- Elizabeth. All right. So he does meet Elizabeth, and. Who sees is all right. So let's let's do a brief bit on Elizabeth. Is she damaged goods? Mm, I think so because why do you um, think because so? Because she's already unhappy in her relationship. It doesn't seem like are you talking about the relationship or her job. I think relationship wise, just her, just her in general. Is she damaged I, goods? I think she is because she's doesn't seem happy. That that was always my impression that she was not mm-hmm. happy. She was looking for somebody to be nicer to her, even though she wasn't really. She wasn't really that nice, right? I don't think she was, but maybe mm-hmm. because maybe well, be- I, I want to, maybe because she wasn't treated nice. That's why she yeah. wasn't. Maybe she was unhappy. But I, I think that vibe is, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't I'm not going to complete your point, but it's something I wanted to bring up is that we're talking about the middle '80s and we're talking about uh, women in the workplace mm-hmm. situation, and and the whole vibe, and we saw it with Baby Boom, yes, uh, the movie Baby yep. Boom, where like you have to be. The, the image of the at that time was I have to be pushy I yes. have to be aggressive if I'm going to which is un, an unfortunate right. thing I'm right. not saying um, I think that's probably what the movie was trying to say like well it's a career woman with without a family oh sin upon sin a career woman without mm-hmm. a family oh my yes. god right yes so uh, so mm-hmm. there's that whole New York mentality of I have to be I have to be a, nasty you know, I have to be aggressive yeah. Right. yeah and that's and that's mm-hmm. whereas guys can be as nasty as they want right and it's okay but oh no she's yeah whatever and i think the movie is is trying to show that unfortunately that's what she has to do to make it in this to be considered right and it's and it's yeah to be and that's not a good thing that's not a good thing at all and and the movie handles it in a respectful way which i 
I appreciate. But but it's also alluded to that she has like uh, when she breaks up with her man mm-hmm. there, he alludes that like she's just kind of like just keeps meeting corporate guys. Right. He lists right. them all, which is right. Yeah, makes her feel a hell of a lot better, right? right? So you're saying, Kendra, that she and this is one of my questions saying that if you're the you're the academic, I'm, good, so I'm gonna I'm coming to you. Oh boy! <laughs> Why does she fall for him? For uh, for Tom, for Josh, for Tom Hanks? Uh, yes, for Josh. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. for Josh. Uh, because I think she sees his genuine innocence. She sees that he, in his personality, like in those meetings, he is exactly who he is. He's not afraid. He doesn't really have the filter that some of the other adults in the room have mm-hmm. to please the boss. He's just speaking truth a little bit. And and he also has that sweetness because he's 13. You know, he still has that want to, okay. um, want to impress, you know, whether anybody, girls, guys, anybody in the room. So I think she sees that and he seems like a kinder soul than all the other, you know, guys in the room that are just whispering, laughing, smoking their cigarettes and trying to get the deal. I think she looks at him as a genuine, a a happy, kind soul. And that's something that she has never seen at that level. You know what I mean? Like who he is really would be a dream to have somebody with no filter to be able to say what you think is true without being completely Mm -hmm. horrible and cruel to everyone around you because he doesn't really... He's not mm-hmm. really mean when he says the thing, the toy doesn't work or it's broken. There's a way that he presents it and pitches it that is still kind of innocent. He's yeah. like, well, no, it's just not a good toy. It doesn't work or it doesn't or it get, you know, jams up or something like that. Right. He brings out the young person in her because like by the way yeah. she behaves on their date. Look right. at the way that there's like this this cute way that she behaves on the date. Like when she when she's got the mustard, like she's like. Well, is it over here? Like, she's actually, like, looking like a younger version of herself. Now, when you first met her, you know, like, the hair was all tied back. And, like, you know, she was very uh, business-like. Yeah, she loosened you know? up. And then mm-hmm. when she's, you know what I mean? She's like this innocent person now a little bit because he's bringing it out of her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, jumping on the trampoline yeah. started yeah. it. And then other things, you know, stand up uh, in the limo. Yeah. But at the same time, we're going to fast forward a little when they have their you know, <laughs> night together, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. which is, I, I guess, they, they always said it's left up for interpretation, the, you know, how he comes in the next day all happy. But he becomes like like almost insta-adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moment that happens, he's like, all right, I'm going to suit on. I'm, I'm at a dinner party now. And, you know, all these things. It's like, whoa. Like, it's like a major shift on both sides. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to miss being a kid or it starts to right. he starts to really see what it entails and it's like what were you complaining about buddy you had it made so let, let's ask a, let's ask a philosophical question before i get to what i think the crux of the movie is for me so you're saying is that we all start as josh mm. we all start innocent when we play baseball or whatever uh, again assuming yeah. white suburban that's which we assume all these executives right. had right so this is we do not look in the plate of any minority in this film and whatever. I'm not I'm not being a woke guy. I'm just saying that's right. that's not the point of the film. So we have white suburban whatever, and you all start like Josh, but at some point you become a cutthroat bastard, right? Who is just a businessman. And are we saying that we all have a Josh inside of us, but we won't let it out? Or the other question I have is at what point we have to filter Josh out? Like, are we always Josh, but we know we can't be that hmm. anymore? Ooh. Or, you know, what I mean? at what point do you decide 
you can't do that anymore. And is that a good moment? Ooh, I, that's a t- that's a good question. See, to me, I'm not talking about no. <laughs> dancing on a piano in a toy store you know or walking around in cartoon <laughs> underwear. I'm just, yeah. I'm what I'm talking about is like being uh, honest and yeah. open with yourself and showing your true self to everyone, mm-hmm. and without a care about what anybody thinks. At what point is that what the movie's asking us? And is that a good moment? Go ahead, Kendra. Ooh, I, I would say my thought on that, I think we all have the Josh inside. And I, to me, my thought from watching mm-hmm. the movie was that we, we should never let the Josh, we should never hide it away. We should never get rid of it. But just finding the balance between a little bit, a little bit of mm-hmm. that and a little bit of growing up, but never, to me, it was like, I mm-hmm. don't ever want the Josh to go away. I don't ever want that innocence of, of being able to tell somebody mm-hmm. the truth or to be, um, to still have the little inner kid in you. I don't ever want it to go away. So that was, that was my immediate, okay. and that's how I am today. It's like, I, I wish I mm-hmm. had more of that. I wish that I had more of that, that happy, mm-hmm. genuine ability. I mean, I try to, to tell people the truth, but to still realize mm-hmm you know, there is happiness, there is innocence, and, you know, we need to enjoy the little things. So yeah. that's my take. We can't let Josh go. Right. Uh, uh, that, that's some, that's some, that is some very sound, um, that, that's good. So that was my therapy. You can send me a Vimeo, me about $100. And the, um, I, I, would, I would say I do have moments where, I, you know, I am definitely in, if you ask me how old, I'm 47, if you ask me how old do I think I am, I'm mm-hmm. always going to say 24. That's just yeah. how I feel. You know, I mean, yes. everybody has an age in their head of who they are. Yeah. I think I'm 24. And I'll say, I'll walk around the house and I'll go like, and I'll say some stupid crap. And uh, and I'll say to my wife, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so stupid. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not a child. I just can't like, I just talked about, you know, 15 minutes about <laughs> Star Wars. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Again, credit to the movie. It doesn't come out and hit you over right. the head with that question. It makes you ponder it, right? It doesn't say, like, now let's have a moment where Josh is in therapy. Like, they just say, like, Mm -hmm. they make you think about it, which is neat. Okay. So now let's let's, let's get to it. Josh is growing up. The the soulless redhead keeps coming back. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm going to do that every time. um, We see him less and less, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what happens to our friends. Our best friends. We see them less and less because it's not because you don't love them. It's just life, that's what right. happens in life. And I and there's a point where uh, they're looking for the Zoltan machine because it can reverse right. the curse, reverse the, yep. the, the wish. So they're tracking it down. It took six weeks of paperwork to get it. They finally find it. And now he's got it. And he, at this point, Tom Hanks is going in in a suit. And he's being more of an adult. Mm-hmm. And he curses out the redhead for showing up unannounced we got an f-bomb this movie i know and an and and an a-hole i know and an a-hole which is kind of interesting um i guess there was no pg-13 yet so we got an f-bomb and now at this point tom hanks is saying like he now he Mm -hmm. misses home again and he it, it is a fantasy he is he is a child and he wants to go back to being young which asks the audience don't we all want to go back to being young To which I firmly say, no, <laughs> I don't ever want to be no, 13. No, not that young. Right. Again, that's right. horrible. Right. Why would I do that? Yeah, that's it. That's insane. I'll, I'll be go, 24. Right. I agree with that's you. That's fine. Yeah. 13, yeah, no way. 
So anyhow, so so we're getting that, and he has to go explain to yeah. Elizabeth the deal. Mm. Kendra, how do you feel about the scene when he has to out himself as that? What what were your? Well, I got two more scenes I want to do thoughts on. So so what do you feel about um, that scene? I always feel awkward watching it. I always feel like I just I don't I don't want to cover my face. I mean, I know as an adult, I feel like a little bit. I don't know, a little bit cringy because I, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh my God, now what's going through her head? I'm watching like her reaction as, as he's talking to her and I'm thinking, is she thinking, oh, 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 like, and it's just, it's so awkward because I can just remember awkward conversations and relationships and it like, brings me right back into that spot where it's like, you don't know where to go. Is my face red? What am I, what are my eyes doing? Am I, mm-hmm. do I look like I'm angry? Do I look like I'm sad? So to me, it was sort of like uncomfortable, cringy. Like I just want to get, get to the mm-hmm. point where he's walking away and the suit's getting bigger and bigger and bigger down the street. And I'm like, oh, I can't, it's un, mm-hmm. it's a little uncomfortable yep. because I feel like we've all had those awkward okay. relationship conversations and I don't like them. I've been in many. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> it to, yeah. Well, to me, it's he's giving her the it's yeah. not you, it's well, me. Oh, yeah, right. You know, for, from her perspective, it's the it's not you, it's me. I'm a child. Like, I'm I'm not yeah. ready for a relationship. And from my perspective, or at least what I think from her perspective, what she's seeing is, oh, my God, again, I've heard right, this a dozen again. times. Yeah. I'm a child still. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for this. And that's just a lie to get out. Like, look, I'm like, I want to see somebody else. I'm just going to tell her. <laughs> that I'm not ready for this and you're, it, it's mm-hmm. all getting too close or too right. serious. And, and to me, that's heartbreaking from her perspective because she doesn't, who would believe that? Nobody like he's would. being right. honest. But in this right. case, honesty is not paying off. Right. <laughs> honesty is not the best policy in this, in this situation. Right. You've got to lie a little to, to convince somebody of that, right. right? So, So to me, it's heartbreaking for her because she thinks she's being lied to again. And it's heartbreaking for him because he just wants to tell her the truth and she's not accepting it, which is something he has not experienced as an adult. Right. So the bottom line is that is an incredibly intricate scene in terms of getting the actors to do all of that. And you got to give them so much credit for that. It was written in the script that she kisses him on the lips. But Penny Marshall luckily said, that's no, no. She already knows now that he's going to, you know, that he's somebody who becomes a 13 year old. I'm not going to kiss him on the lips. So like, at least they work that in because it's better to just see Mm because he goes to kiss her and she like basically shifts and kisses him on the forehead. Yes. No, that's true. But and also um, on that, I so, just want to say too, as as you were saying, um, you know, but with us believing it, it's like as I'm wa- when I was watching it, I'm thinking, why doesn't she believe him? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean he is telling her the truth? But mm-hmm. then you have to again, like you said, you realize nobody. Like if that was real life, you would you would be like, what? Never. You think the person wasn't well? You think there's something wrong, or you're just that's just the craziest right. lie I've ever heard in my yeah. life. I mean, I've heard a lot, you know. <laughs> Kendra, if you if if you think this guy is well, I mean, not, honestly, now he's obviously not well. He's got toys in his his corner loft apartment, a bunk bed, and a Pepsi vending machine, and an inflatable really? Godzilla. Or wait, I mean, and 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 he's got bumper stickers on his door. I, I mean, get I get to sleep on top. When when, when she says oh. I want to sleep over, yeah, and he goes, I get to be on top. 
I and then get to be on top. I, yep. I saw it coming a mile away. I knew this line was coming. And I still laughed out loud. Like, it was that funny. Yeah. Because he pulls it off so well. He says it so innocently. There's no way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. it's obviously what it what the joke is. But, right. but he does it mm-hmm. so well that you're like, there it is. It's just the, the way he pulled it off. It was mm-hmm. brilliant. And then followed by the run. When he sees her lying under the uh, like mm-hmm. on the bottom bunk, and he runs and jumps on the top, right. and then gives her a, a, a glow yep. in the dark, dark compass ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I love it. So we're kind of at the end, and to me, I, I have to I have to investigate. To me, the the central thesis of the film is one line, and it, to me, it it sums it up. And whoever wrote it, and whoever directed it, this well, I know who did it, but. Um, they're at the, he finds the Zoltan machine. He, un, he reverses the curse. Elizabeth shows up. He's still, we already talked about he's, as he walks away from the car, he gets smaller. But, and at this point he's missing his family. He realizes he's not an adult. He wants to be a kid again. Right. It's like, like who doesn't? Right. But he says to her, she says, why, why can't you just stay or something like that? And he says, I have a million reasons to go home, but only mm-hmm. one reason to stay. And that's her, right? But he has a million reasons to go back to his old life. That line could be put in another movie where the man goes with the woman. Because I got a million reasons not to be in the relationship, but I got one reason to stay, and that's because of you. But they reverse it, and they say, I've got a million reasons to leave, and only one reason to stay, so I'm going to leave. And that is awesome kid logic. (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're not. But if you... The same, the same line in a romantic comedy would go the other way. The other way, right. He's like, right. I don't care about those million things, honey. I want to be with you. And then yeah, they ride right. off into the sunset. But this movie doesn't do that. And that's, that is an awesome moment because right. they take that could be tropey, kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, oh, geez, it's the last line of the film. It's, it's milk toast. It's saccharin. But right. they turn it and it's heartbreaking. Yes. It's heartbreaking. But that's why I love it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's That's a true it. statement. It's the movie is emphatically honest with itself, mm-hmm. and and you it's it's just and it doesn't treat us. I and mean, Jade knows me for saying this. It doesn't treat us like we're stupid. That's why I love this movie. That's why I love so many movies made in that time frame because of that. Because of mm-hmm. the the raw, almost like a, a an adult like thing. I mean, I know it was well. I mean, I watched it as a kid, but. Is it a kid's movie? I don't know. I don't know. But I, it's got that adult that adult treatment. It's mm-hmm. exactly how you describe it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're treating me older than I am watching it. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about it. And that's why I'm still watching it, you know, 15, 20 years later. And I'm still, mm-hmm. I still love it. And I still enjoy it. Every minute of it, every scene of it. That is, that is a great, I love that you picked up on that line. That is absolutely <laughs> I think I always thought I was the only person that paid attention to those little things, and I was in my own little <laughs> bubble. And my oh, husband no, no, thinks no, I'm no. crazy. They all think they're like, "Why don't you know real things in life? Why do you know the years and the dates and yeah. lines?" I'm like, "Well, because what can I say? Sometimes I'm a Josh. That's it." Yeah, oh, that's you know? all right. That's all right. Yeah. All right. I, I think uh, I think at this point, I think we need to decide if it holds up. Jay, what do you think? It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right. So now it's time in the uh, film crickets when we decide um, the ultimate question, does this uh, movie hold up over the years? Some movies do, some movies don't. 
so, uh, Kendra, I don't know if I know what you're going to say on this, but uh, uh, Kendra, does, do you think this movie holds up? I say yes. I think it holds up. Okay. I say yes. Because the message still to me rings true that everybody wishes to to speed ahead, to be something that they're not, but you always have to enjoy every moment of where you are in the present time. And that message mm-hmm. of don't rush things, don't rush to, to move to the future, to, to look behind or to go to just enjoy where you are because everybody moves at their own pace. I think the message stays the same. I think everybody is looking for that innocence every single day. I think, I think it's spot on. I love it. I think the mm-hmm. message is great. And I think it still could apply today. 100%. Sure. I, I tend to agree. This movie runs into the cell phone paradox. Like every movie is ruined once you introduce one cell phone. But so we're not going to go down that road. Uh, I don't really care about the uh, the antiquated computers. I don't care about the fact that, you know, I have the old stretch limos and, and people actually wearing tails with tuxes and stuff like that. Um, I, I think the theme is there. I think that... I think the idea is there. I think it's touching to most people. And I, as I watched it as an older person, I think I got the point of the movie better than I watched it as a kid. But when I watched it as a kid, I just like to see what I wanted to see was an adult going through mm-hmm. what my life is like. Mm-hmm. And now as an older person, I'm more like, oh, it's it just ha- it hits different in terms of the themes. Right. But I guess that's what it's supposed to do. Right. Right. So, uh, yes, I, I would say it holds up even getting past some of the uh, creepy stuff. You know, grown man plays with a lot of small children, right. whatever. Um, we're, you know, we're going to look past that. And um, it's nothing. I'm just making a joke. There's nothing to look past. But Jason. Yeah, uh, it does. Because, I mean, I, like I said, I had not seen it in a while. I remembered a lot of it. Not to jump on everybody else, but it, like I think uh, a lot of the themes, they, I mean, it's hard not to relate. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've all had moments where we said, man, I wish I was back then, you know, back in the day. You know, like, or... or you know, when you were younger, you 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 might have said, "I wish I was older," because you know you're stuck in that weird little uh, time warp of yeah that area where you you can't drive, but yeah. the girl wants to go out with the guy who mm-hmm. does. Those themes carry. Mm-hmm. They carry into to you know today's people. Once you're an adult, sometimes like you you'd like to maybe be younger and um, not be seven years mm-hmm. uh, shy of Robert Logia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This existential crisis is brought to you by Jason Fortier. Yeah. No, it's just one of those things. You know what the 80s, though? The 80s showed, uh, like, the adults looked a lot older. Yeah, they, like, yes, I'm saying, like, you know did. what I mean? So, like, so right. he was not 57. He was at least 67 or 77. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and by the way, they brought in dancers to when they were showing their feet uh, for the piano. But oh. the actors were able to pull it off. So, like, they didn't need them. I oh, that was kind of cool. You were going to crush my 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 fantasy of the movie. I was yeah. going to say no, no, no. no. So like it was real. it was meant they were trying to do like just in case, but then they didn't. They realized they were able to do it. So it was like that. I thought that was so cool. And cool. I just um, just one last moment of why I think the movie stands still today. I think for me now it was two parts. I loved it back then for for the messaging of it, but today, like as an adult now, I like watching it because I want to see the old limo. I want to see the old Pepsi logo. I like seeing the nostalgia mm-hmm. of what it was like because it reminded me of a kind of, I know it sounds really cheesy, a simpler time and, and a sure. happy time. I mean, my childhood. So to me, that's why that movie will always stay relative and, and stay on for me for all the throwback and reasons. Two Billy Idol songs that I counted. 
That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Hot in the city that's and right. um, the uh, Rebel Yell. Yeah. I think you have now made your case for not only a big movie poster, but an autograph. I'm going to work on big it. Big movie poster. All right, you should. <laughs> I am and happy birthday in a few days. Thank you very happy much. Birthday. Yes. All right, happy birthday. Thank you. So that was big. And uh, I want to thank again our, our our guest, Kendra Petroni. Fantastic. Thanks for letting us pick your brain on this movie that is so near and dear to your heart. Uh, please tell us where we can find you around the old internet and the airwaves. Well, thank you. This has been so much fun. It's such an honor to be on here with you guys. You can tune in every morning, Monday through Friday, on Morning Magic on Magic 106.7, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's where I am, baby, every single day. In the morning in Boston. Awesome. awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Um, and, and it was great. It was so nice hearing your insights. Uh, and thank you for kind of like sharing with me. And, and, and it's a, this movie, it seems it's, uh, we had to kind of, you know, we, we had to dig into the psyche that is Kendra mm-hmm. a little bit. So I, I appreciate uh, the honest talks. That's good stuff. Uh, Jay, uh, we are, I think we're done with this. So uh, I want to tell everybody if you have, uh, any, if you want to email us any questions or suggestions, uh, that is going to be filmcrickets99 uh, oh. at. No. 8099. I always screw that up. <laughs> yeah. Crickets8099 at gmail.com. Uh, please like and subscribe. And uh, please send the word out. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, send the word out where people can find us if you want to hear some uh, scintillating movie talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until next time, I want to thank everybody, Jason and Kendra and myself. Um, thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Boom, crickets. Chirping about movies.